Blog Talk Radio. This is what the show tonight is all about, is naming the best of the best. So we are excited to get into this. A little later on, we have Tony Schultz will be on, author of the book, The Official Fight Promoters Playbooks. Looking forward to talking a little boxing with him. And in the vein of our show, we're going to talk about the book, uh, what he has as far as advice towards promoters. And of course, we're going to ask him a little bit about what he thinks are the best of the best as far as boxing and its history and everything. So looking forward to getting Tony Schultz on in a little while. As always, my partner in crime here, Todd, is here. How are you doing tonight, Todd? I'm doing great, Ken. Very excited about this show. You know, we've been uh, talking about doing this one for a while. Actually, this was hatched at the bar where the entire <laughs> show was hatched, and we've been talking about it since show one or two probably. And, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, some lively debate. We've been promoting this heavily. We've got people who have written on our Facebook page, lots of people who have listed their best. Uh, and I'm going to start us off right now. You know, we said this should be about the greatest everything during your lifetime, not things that you've heard about or read about. But I want to start us off with one where it's really no doubt it's during our lifetime, and that's video games. So first off, Ken, I don't know if there's going to be any disagreement here, but what do you think is the greatest arcade game of our lives. Pong! Pong <laughs> was, was groundbreaking. I wouldn't say the gameplay was so tremendous. I had something else in mind. Maybe, maybe you can re- read my mind again. Do you remember, I just got, before we get into do you remember Picks? I like Picks. On Channel 11? Yeah. Where you'd, you'd call up and a Picks. Yeah, picks. And, and they had the little games on the screen. Stuff that kids today just will never learn the subtle joy of I never got through, but I just remember watching like kids calling up, picks, picks. No, I don't remember picks. the little sound effects, but I remember the watching kids play on the screen and play the game. <laughs> it was good times. It was. I, I just, you know, it's funny, man, because like, you go through, I mean, there are games that I, I'll probably say that I enjoyed playing, and that's the thing that's going to be interesting about this show. And if you get on, you know, you can get on the Facebook, TKRS Presents Pop Life, give us your best. But you know what? We don't want you to be, oh, you've got to think of this, this, and this. You know, we don't want you to name a category and say, oh, but what about A, B, and C? No. 
You got to give us what you think is your. You got to make a decision. I might be in trouble. Tonight, what is then. your best? And that's what's what's interesting because you do. I mean, we're pop culture aficionados here. Right. So it's you start to the debate in your head, influence. You know, thinking really what the best is, as opposed to maybe what your favorite was. And so I'm going to go, and I'm probably you're probably right there. But as far as video games go, there's Super Mario Brothers that definitely you know grabbed hold of of our culture. It definitely was iconic for its time. Right. And you know what? I had I had listed separately best console game, best classic console game, and I actually listed Breakout. You're thinking Super Mario, and I think this is just based on which system we each played. Uh, but it, in all honesty, I have to agree with you uh, that Super Mario Brothers is probably the best classic console game. Best classic arcade game, uh, no doubt, is Pac-Man, as much as you like Pong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's nothing, you know, and again, as far as um, iconic, I mean, it spawned off into a cartoon show. There was... Uh, Got the Pac-Man fever. There's not, I mean, I don't know. You can say that, you know, there are video games out now. There's, there's, you know, uh, online gaming. There's the whole kit and caboodle these days, you know. And a lot of, there are a lot of people playing it. And as far as the number of actual people playing the games, you know, you may be able to say, well, more people are playing, uh, you know, Halo today than we're playing Pac-Man in the 80s. But, Nothing, nothing, no video game ever took hold of, of our society the way Pac-Man did. I mean, right. it just, you, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing something, a t-shirt, the song, the, the cartoon, the game. It, oh. it just was everywhere. I had, I had t-shirts. My sister, my father, and I all had t-shirts with our names made at Shirt Shack in New City. <laughs> And my dad yes. said, said, number one, dad, and they all had Pac-Man on the front. So, honestly, everybody had something Pac-Man. I want to throw a couple of categories at you of video games. I don't know. It's not about the arcade anymore. It's about playing at home. It's about consoles and apps and everything. Now, I don't know how much of this you play, and a lot of this is my Nintendo bias through my kids. Do you have a, uh, a favorite racing game or fighting game or sports game? No, man. You know, it's funny. I, 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 I think it's kind of missing in the whole video game experience. I mean, I, I miss those days of, you know, when I was a kid going to the arcade. I mean, I think that was fun where you kind of, you know, experimented. You had your birthday party at Mr. Arcade. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite games, and I can't put it on the best, but was this game called Sinistar that the Sinistar villain used to freak me out when he would he'd <laughs> burst on the screen. He was like, oh, and then, no! You know, and it was just, just the whole arcade Yeah experience um oh, i used to love me some time pilot jungle hunt popeye <laughs> and then elevator action action <laughs> see so you say racing game and i think pole position like yeah. that's the first thing that pops into my head you know i had it in my head too and now because of my nintendo bias through my kids to me the best racing game is mario kart 8 i'm sure there are people that will put more realistic racing games there and again it's not about your favorite and this is one where i don't have the experience so in my opinion that's the best and in the same vein, the best fighting game is Super Smash Bros. Brawl, which is a tremendous game with all of the different Nintendo characters in one place. But you said something like Halo, and you know, other people will argue that there's a more realistic, great fighting game out there. See, I, like, I like the wrestling games for the Wii. I think they're, they're a lot of fun, especially because you know, you're actually moving. And, and right. it's wrestling, and a lot of times if you're in better shape than the person <laughs> you're... You can beat them. Like, it's not like... 
I guess what would for me as a video game fan, I'm not the biggest fan of like find the codes or, or the, the sneak. Like I, I just I just want to play the game. I, I want to I want to just play. I don't yeah. want to research. I think that's part of you know video games have evolved where you know we as kids just kind of did it as something to play. It was something that our our, our parents you know shut up shut up go play the the twenty six hundred. Right. Whereas it, it's become almost things where. You know, you got to kind of study and practice and I, research. And, I hate and, that stuff. And, I really do. I, I just want to sit down and play. And, uh, you know, I'm with you. And you mentioned moving, and the Wii obviously gets you moving. When it comes to sports games, I have a thing against baseball games because you push buttons to, say, steal second or throw it somewhere. I prefer the games where you're actually controlling a skater, a runner, you know, controlling the players and the passing and all that, but really moving. So to me, the best sports game is Madden. You know, the entire series, and uh, I've only played a couple of particular years, but that's got to be the best sports game. As much as my heart says NBA Jam, I think my mind says Madden. And uh, you mentioned some wrestling games. Any other sports games that uh, you'd put up? I mean, I I used to love Mike Tyson's, was it Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Yep. Like, that that was fun. I do, you know, and I enjoy, I, I like the Wii. I enjoy the Wii, and like you're saying, you know, one of the things, not playing the actual game, but I love uh, just the home run derby. Okay. I, I love just sitting there and, and or standing there and just trying to jack as many pitches as I can, and that's, you know, you got to, I mean, basically it's it's just close to, I guess, playing an actual home run derby. I mean, you got to find the, the spot. I mean, obviously you're trying to hit the sensor range as close as possible, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy doing that um there's also a boxing game that i kind of enjoy okay uh, so i do i do enjoy the wii i'm not again not the biggest fan of like now if i play a a video game i love going back i love going back and like i'll play galaga i'll play centipede you know i find myself you know looking on the ipad and trying to find apps for old video games to kind of play those i have some of those games actually for the wii i have you know those old the, the namco classic arcade and things like that although if we didn't, if, if you brought something up and we didn't address it, but the best console ever, and I would have to say it's the Wii, based on the, the groundbreaking nature of it, its popularity, what it's done. Um, you know, people argue that there's a PlayStation up there, but I think the Wii is the, the best uh, video game system there's been. Well, it just, it just revolutionized the whole idea of, of video games and what playing a, a video game, uh, you know, constitutes you know they, they right. change it to, to be something more of you know it can be actually somewhat active you know and i think mm-hmm. that's uh you know that's good i mean you, you know anything to get kids a little bit more active is definitely good and uh you know it, it's it's revolutionary i mean it, it's funny when you look at you like what what just you know we're talking about the best of the best but just what's some of the worst of the worst i mean do you remember in television I do remember in television. I hated in television. It was like you slid the card in and yeah. it never really worked right. And no, there was Atari 2600. There was ColecoVision. This is the one that came in the middle and just did not work. Uh, so, yeah, that was the worst. And, and if you ever played Smurf on the Atari, that was an awful <laughs> game. So, yeah, you know, some of the video games we like to play, and we're, we're big fans of the, 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 some of the fighting games. I'm going back to Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, so... Uh, go figure, you know. So if you have some ideas of what some of your favorite video games are uh, over the years, get on the Facebook, get on the show chat, because we're going to be going through the best of the best throughout this entire episode. 
But right now, we do have on hold Tony Schultz, author of the official Fight Promoters Playbook, and we're going to bring him on, talk a little boxing. Tony, how are you doing this evening? Good, Ken. How are you doing? Doing all right. Ken, Ken and Todd here, talk a little boxing. You know, for those, I, I want to let people know out there, for people who might not know you and, and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm uh, author of the official fight promoter playbook. Before that, um, I spent several years as a professional boxer, um, traveled the circuit uh, for a few years, never really was able to get uh, a manager or promoter to kind of get the big fights going. Um, was a sparring partner for a few years for Manny Pacquiao, his brother Bobby, um, Peter Manfredo Jr., Polly Malinaji uh, out in Brooklyn, things of that nature. Um, so I've been, I've, I've been in the boxing game since I was about eight years old, worked all throughout the Midwest and then Los Angeles and New York. And um, just basically uh, was trying to figure out the business end of boxing. How do you, how do you make it? How does it work? You know, what, what does it take to actually put on a, um, you know, not only a fight, but a, a Las Vegas pay-per-view, you know, spectacle, if you would. Um, so that's basically my background. I'm curious, and I start. I'll, I'll be honest. I started reading the book. I haven't finished it yet, but um, it, it's it's very interesting. And you know, I've never read anything quite like that. I mean, were you? Was it something that you saw lacking in the business? What prompted you to kind of get in this and and write about this aspect of the boxing business? Well, it, it really was a lot of what I saw lacking. Um, coming from the boxing perspective, I just realized that there's so many great boxers uh, left sitting in gyms. Uh, a lot of guys who work full-time jobs, some guys who work two jobs, and still come to the gym, put in an hour or two every night, and just weren't getting the calls up. And then um, I was around when uh, De La Hoya um, tried to buy Pacquiao um, from uh, Bob Abram, and I was at the gym that day when he brought in that suitcase full of cash and sat on the table and asked uh, uh, Manny and, and uh, Freddie to go to dinner with him and saw how all that played out and whatnot. So I was just curious, you know, what, you know, what is it all about? What are the politics versus what's the, you know, behind the scenes versus, um, you know, how do you actually sell a fighter? And so I started digging into it. I wanted to know the marketing, the, 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 the you know, the sanctioning body rankings. I wanted to understand what HBO and Showtime and ESPN care about and, uh, especially with the promotions game. The promotions game has changed a lot since uh, De La Hoya uh, got into it and Golden Boy got into the game. Um, he brought his uh, brother-in-law, Richard Schaefer, who used to be a Swiss banker on board, and he kind of streamlined the process and sort of took a lot of the promotions out of it and made it into a TV game. And that was confusing as well because, you know, all the big Don King or Bob Arum, you know, battles or, you know, even even the smaller guys like Lou DiBella um, putting on something with uh, Kathy Gouva over at Main Events. That, I don't know, hype kind of left, and it just became this te television battle. Um, and I wanted to understand, you know, what was missing from the promotions aspect. So that that's what got me into it. And then the more I learned, I just realized how... I don't want to say magical, but, but certainly how intriguing the whole behind-the-scenes uh, aspect of it is, you know? I'm curious. You can actually give uh, somebody a major shout-out right now, major props. In the vein of this show, I'm curious, 
who is the best boxer that we've never heard of? One of those people who, you know, you saw in the gyms and never made it. Is there anybody that, you know, you can think of off the top of your head? Oh, man. Um, you know, honestly, there's so many guys. Um, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Literally, uh, just to kind of paint you a picture of what the gym really looks like when, when the media's not there, when the press isn't there, because it, it changes completely on media days. But if you were to sneak into, say, Wild Card Gym, uh, which is basically above a, a, a laundromat and, uh, in Hollywood. Um, there would be, you know, it's a small cramped gym, two rooms. There's a ring in the front room, ring in the back room. There would be five or six heavyweights uh, on any given day working the bags. There would be, uh, you know, a handful of welterweights uh, up to middleweights running on the treadmills, uh, working double-in bags, things of that nature. Um, the problem is that nobody really has a name um i mean you you learn first names and things like that but it's not something that's you know oh yeah i, I remember you from the fight card the other week or, or this or that or the other i mean even freddie roach when when he was uh training for for manny's fights uh he had three or four other guys that he was working on on the undercards that you know were just regular guys you know on a big pay-per-view card um so so you it's know, really the, the, it's that rough. Yeah. If you don't make it, you really just don't make it. You're pretty anonymous. It's it's exactly like the beginning of Rocky. I mean, you know, the, the the funny part about the movie Rocky is the beginning scene with him fighting the guy and the you know, with the stained glass window in the back of what looks like a bar, uh, really is boxing. Right. Um, there's this promoter out of uh, Alhambra, California, which is just east. It's in you know, just right outside of East Los Angeles. And he puts on these fight cards once every few months, and they're at this uh, little kind of run-down country club or whatever, 1,500 seats. And it literally is like that. Box, you know, there's beer bottles all over the place. The ring is, you know, 12 feet by 12 feet. And it's just, you know, you, you, you're getting paid 300 bucks cash, and they're giving you a pat on the back and saying, you know, good job, kid. Um, that's, that's what boxing is until you hit it. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, it's, it's fascinating, like, the, this aspect of things. You know, I, I'm curious when, when you wrote the book. I mean, it was interesting when I started reading it, and what I found that as much as you're talking about promoters and boxing and, and wrestling, and it, it seems like there are also skills. I mean, I started reading it actually, you know, hey, there are things in here that I could generalize and, and help, you know, promote my show. You know, it, it seems like it's not only there's, there's certain skill sets that you're hitting on, uh, that could be generalized to other fields. Did you, did you purposely do that, or is it just something accidental? Because I, I, I so far, I really love the organization of the book and uh, uh, how you're addressing things, and it seems like uh, you know, promoting yourself and what you're trying to put out there, um, this, the information you're putting out there is very valuable. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, to answer your question, you know, I think what, one thing that I learned um, – you know, beyond the, you know, general contracts, forms, and the, the organization of an actual fight is that, you know, the marketing and promotion aspect is, tends to be universal. I mean, the, I mean there, there's subtle variances, if you would, but, I mean, the way you would promote a boxer would be the same way you would probably promote the launch of a, a new iPhone app or the launch of, you know, a new website or a law firm, accounting firm, things of that nature. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, which is you'll reach out to 
the influential people. Um, that's why press and, 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 and media is so not only important but vital um, anymore. Uh, reach out to people who, you know, are already in the game, who, you know, who already have a name to give it credibility. Same thing with boxers. I mean, that's why, you know, Floyd Mayweather is, is such a, a huge commodity right now. You know, he beat uh, De La Hoya back in 2007, and, and that kind of gave him the, the crown for the welterweight division, if you would. Um, and, you know, really, if you go back to the heavyweight battles late, uh, 90s and early 2000s from Tyson and Holyfield and Lewis and, and all those guys. I mean, they kept taking the crown from one another and, and the press and media ate it up and, you know, it, it kept going. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that I, I think that if you can learn to be a boxing promoter, you can be successful in any business because it's, it's the one industry where you just can't be shy. You have to get out there and you'll be yourself and, and let people eat you up if you would. Tony, that's a perfect segue for me to ask you who do you think is the best heavyweight and the best non-heavyweight boxer that uh, we've seen in the past 30, 40 years? Oh, I mean, heavyweight uh, overall would be Muhammad Ali. I mean, not only was he just brutal in the ring, but I mean, he was just so intelligent. Um, even when you put somebody like Joe Frazier in the ring, who just really should have destroyed him because Joe Frazier had that immense kind of um, peekaboo style, much like Mike Tyson copy later. Uh, he he just he ate Joe Frazier up. Now uh, he, you know he lost the first one at the Garden, and they did it all over again. But you know he you know he was coming off that long layoff, so you know he had a lot of things on his mind. Uh, even when you put, uh, I mean, uh, out of Texas, um, um, Foreman in there. I mean, he was just. He was phenomenal. He was just a beast, and, and Muhammad Ali figured out a way to beat him. Um, Non-heavyweight, you know, I've always been a fan of um, of um, Duran. Now, you know, I, I know that I know that Duran had his had his bat- battles, and they would go back and forth with um, with Leonard and and those guys. But I just thought that you know he just was able to take a punch in, in ways. I, that I've never seen before. Not that taking a punch is a good thing, but you're going to eventually. And right. his will to win was just second to none as far as a non-heavyweight. I, he just, he, you know, Aaron Pryor would, would will himself to win in his battles. Now, there was the whole cocaine and the water bottle incident and, and all that. But Durant, he just, you know, his, every every fight he was in with pure willpower. It, it wasn't about strategy. It wasn't about, you know, finesse. He just mentally was able to dig deep. So th- those would be my, my two uh, votes right there. And I got to ask you, you, you know, you referenced uh, Rocky before, in your opinion, the best boxing movie ever. Oh, now that <laughs> was hard. Um, man, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Raging Bull, honestly. Um, I just thought that, you know, the, the, the subject matter and the way it was filmed and everything about Raging Bull just kind of embodied boxing. Now, I mean, Rocky's a great underdog story as, as far as, you know, what it takes and, you know, the love and the passion and pushing yourself. But Raging Bull, in my opinion, was just, um, it was pure, it was raw, and, you know, you didn't really walk away from it feeling good about it. You you walked away kind of <laughs> looking at yourself thinking, 
you know, how am I supposed to feel about this right now? That's a great um, so analysis of the question. I love it. Wow, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, I, I love box movies. I mean, I've, I've, you know, you're going to laugh at me, but I've probably watched Cinderella Man 20 times just because I think that uh, the, the way that they, they were, the way that they portrayed it and the depression and, and, and old New York and, you know, really, I mean, boxing at that time period was your way out. I mean, now you've got, you, you've got various other sports and there's, there's more opportunities in, in more ways, but, you know, the, the way that they showcase um, boxing from the 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, I, I think is just brilliant. Tony, thank you. I mean, great stuff. And, and, you know, down the road, love to have you back on. I spent hours talking boxing and history of boxing and everything. Uh, before we let you go, though, let everyone know uh, if they want to get a hold of your book, how they can get a hold of it. Give us all the information we need. Yeah, absolutely. You can check it out at uh, howtopromotefights.com. Uh, has a link to the Kindle version as well as the PDF version there. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, just uh, go to twitter.com slash fight town or I'm in, at instagram.com slash fight town. And, uh, you know, always drop by, say hi. I'd love to have uh, conversations. Uh, working on a heavyweight fight in uh, New York City this fall. So, um, you know, always open to, to talk boxing and, and make new friends. Very good. Thank you so much for giving us some time. And, yeah, if you get that show going, come back on, promote the show. Uh, we'd love to talk to you again, uh, get more in-depth into the world of boxing. Thank you so much. You too, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Take right. it easy. Thank Thanks, you, Tony. Good stuff from Tony. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you ask him the best boxer of the past 30, 40 years, and it's, you know, to me, no one's better than Ali. Right. Um, but, you know, our lifetime, we kind of got, like, the, the end of Ali. Of course. Uh, Heavyweight-wise, it's really the, you know, when, when you think of athletes, sometimes, you like, to me, like, everyone talks about Babe Ruth and how it was almost like he was a man playing with boys. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, when, you know, when I think of, like, the best of the best in sports, I think of, well, what were the guys that made almost every contest, every game, like, a mismatch? Uh, and and yeah. it's Tyson. Exactly. And Tyson just... And it's a shame what happened to him, but oh my God, when he was, I, recently, I was out at a bar and ESPN Classics was doing a, a Mike Tyson thing. And, and it was like a Mike Tyson retrospect, best of Mike Tyson, whatever it was. And I think I saw about a dozen of his fights in a half hour. Wow. Because they, they were all like a minute and a half long. We used to order the pay-per-views and it was the biggest ripoff ever. Well, he changed the pay-per-view rules, right. you know. It's difficult for me in this time, as much as I want to appreciate Floyd Mayweather. Um, I, 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 you know, he is a great, uh, but his ducking uh, of, of certain opponents really gets under my skin. It's tough for me to really think. Of, you know, I look at the 80s, I think of guys like Hagler and Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, and when I think of the heavyweights, when I think of guys like Foreman and Ali and then Tyson, I, for me as a boxing fan, I can't put... Mayweather in that category. No, and there was no one above Tyson. The domination that he had over that period of time. I'm glad he's back and relevant and doing his thing in pop culture now. Uh, you know, our, our Facebook user, uh, Leslie, agrees that Muhammad Ali is the greatest boxer in her lifetime. He's a little before our time, and Ken and I have both given the uh, the crown to Mike Tyson. Yeah, so, I mean, let's get it. I mean, Tony gave us some really great stuff. But, again, go check that out. The The official fight promoter's playbook again i started it whether you're into boxing and promoting or just 
Again, the stuff I was reading, I'm just like starting to, you know, things are percolating in my head. Like, how can I promote the show better? How can I use these skills? So, you got something you want to promote? I'd say on the Kindle, it was four ninety nine. It's it's worth the shot just to, to take a shot, read it. I'm really enjoying it so far. So check it out. But Tony gave us some real good stuff. So let's get into. We're doing our best of the best show, and you got some best of the best. Give us a call three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. But let's get a little bit into sports because this is something that's very difficult sometimes for people because, again, it's easy. When people say who's the best baseball player of all time, bam, Babe Ruth. But it, in our lifetime. But now when you get to our lifetime, right. now is when the debate starts to, to rage because everyone, now you've seen the guy. You've only heard the stories of Babe Ruth. Now you've seen him. And, and we're both big baseball fans. I, I've kind of faded away from the sport over the years, but still consider myself a fan. I mean, when you look at baseball in your lifetime, Todd, like who do you think of like as as the best? Okay, now this is one of those places where you'll probably have to uh, pull me back from naming a list of people. As far as hitters go, I, I want to avoid the uh, the B O N D S man. I he was probably the best I've seen, but Barry Bonds unfortunately has done things to the game that are irreparable to some degree. Outside of him. I love Tony Gwynn. Mike Schmidt was great. More recently, Albert Pujols. But I would give the crown, as far as hitters, to Ricky Henderson. He did everything out there. He hit home runs as a leadoff man. He hit for average. He stole bases. He scored runs. And he was in tremendous shape. And, and I think that overall, Ricky Henderson was the best in my lifetime. That's interesting. I mean, it's, you know, I, I didn't think of him, um, you know, as I was going through uh, – you know, he's one of those guys that it's weird. He was so good, and yet he bounced around so much. I mean, right. you know, it's like he, he played for everybody, yeah. in, in, including, like, the Newark Bears. I, I mean, he, he was just everywhere. But, uh, you know, it's funny. Again, I mean, you mentioned it. I won't spell it out because I don't hate as much because I, I, I loved Bonds. I loved Barry Bonds. And, and I'm not going to be one of those guys that, like, enjoyed it and then said, oh, my God, he ruined the game. Now, I don't know if you enjoyed him even at the time. A lot of people were enjoying watching him hit home runs, and now they, they vilify him. I enjoyed it. I, I get it. You know, I, I, I'm getting more and more uh, – I'm getting less judgmental on the people. that you, you tell an athlete, here's a supplement, and it'll make you a god. It's, I, I don't know. Baseball I, – I fault baseball, I think, more than the players at this point. I enjoyed watching Bonds. I think Bonds on the PEDs – you realized how good he was because, you know, take a guy like that, give him PEDs. I mean, there were other guys taking him. But nobody, and he, right. he became otherworldly. Yeah. I mean, again, a man playing with boys. I mean, the bases are loaded in the ninth inning. We're up by two. Let's walk him yeah. because he's probably going to hit a grand slam. I mean, that, that's just unheard of. Yeah, he changed the game not for the entire game itself like Babe Ruth did, but for himself he changed the game. Uh, and I... Call me naive, I enjoyed the Maguire-Sosa battles in the late 90s, and 98 was great. But once it came to Bonds, just a couple of years later, I was kind of fed up with the PED thing. And in that vein, I think the greatest pitcher in my lifetime, and I won't even spell it, but it's Roger Clemens. But I'd like Roger to say, Clemens is in George's box! <laughs> Your Susan Walden is impeccable. <laughs> uh, I... I, I would like to take him out of the conversation, and then it becomes tougher for pitchers. 
Greg Maddox, you know, was not the power pitcher. Of course, he had a tremendous career. A lot of the other guys flamed out early as a man was great when he was great. But I'd probably give the mantle to Pedro Martinez uh, as the best pitcher in my lifetime outside of Roger Clemens. See, now it's interesting that you said that because, I, like, part of the thing I looked at, you know, when we were doing best of the best were, like, kind of the best overall. And then, like, certain microcosms of, of you know, moments. You know, I probably agree with you, Pedro Martinez, um, probably the best in, in my lifetime. But also he gets, like, the nod for, like, that the, short period. The best singular game I've ever seen pitched. Okay. And I'll, I'll put in no hitters. He pitched the one hitter against the 98 Yankees. The 98 Yankees. The 98 Yankees. Top to bottom. All-star team. Buying a championship like the Yankees love to do. You know, that's what, and, and Pedro Martinez on that night, and I, I, I was trying to find it. I couldn't find the exact date. But on that night, he made them look like a double-A club. It was incredible how bad a hitting team Pedro made them look that night. And that's the singular greatest um, performance I've ever seen by a pitcher. Singular performance, again, the best baseball I've ever seen played on a small scale. Carlos Beltran, 2004 postseason. I mean, like some of these numbers here. That's 435, 14 RBIs, 6 steals in 12 games. And that's not mentioning, like, what kind of defense he was playing out there in center field. He was phenomenal. Best baseball I've ever seen for a short period of time. Overall, as much as late in his career became injury-prone, Ken Griffey Jr., man. I mean, watch that guy play the game the way he played offense and defense. Um, there was, and, and there was something about him, especially early in his career, that, man, he, he'd go up off, on the wall to, to rob someone of a home run, and then he'd come down with, like, the biggest smile on the planet, and he'd make it look effortless. And it was just mm-hmm. – it was not only just how great he was, but how enjoyable he was to watch play. Um, you know, so baseball, basketball is interesting because, I, you know, you can debate – there's the one guy, the one guy, like that everyone says, he's not my guy, but there's the one guy. Your thoughts on basketball? Uh, yeah, there's a few sports where there's one guy. And in basketball, the greatest player I think ever, certainly in my lifetime, was Michael Jordan. He had just every season, a full Ooh. career, every run. Michael Jordan was by far the best basketball player. He was also the centerpiece of what I feel was the best single team, which is the 95-96 Bulls, the 72-win team, and the best basketball dynasty in my life, which was that sixth championship in eight years uh, Chicago Bulls team in the 90s. It's interesting because uh, teams, and I'd have to look at specific teams, but I, I've, always, and I, I will, I've always believed that in their primes, the, the Laker teams and the Celtic teams of the 80s would have beaten the, that Bulls team. I've, I've always kind of believed that. And to be honest with you, I, I went back and forth on this, and it was very difficult because I, I, I'm not the biggest Jordan fan, and I was trying to be unbiased here. But you know what? I, I, just, I, I, I kept coming back to basketball player. Basketball player. Playing the game of basketball, and I just kept coming back to Magic Johnson. Listen, playing the game of basketball, I don't know. For what he did individually for his team. I don't think he can argue against Jordan. In fact, I will go so far as to say, and I, we have someone on our Facebook who agreed, I think this was Leslie again, Michael 
I think was the best overall athlete I've seen. Complete overall athlete, what he could do in his sport, in other sports, the way he did it, just his athletic prowess, his physical conditioning. Michael Jordan was the tops. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not, and I'm, I'm admitting I'm a little biased. Uh, in fact, Magic Johnson's probably the only player in all my sports teams that like I'm a fan specifically because of Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's the guy that made me a Laker fan. He, he made me a basketball fan. Um, so admittedly a little biased there. Now, I know you. Didn't Joe Montana do the same thing for you in the 49ers? Um, not yes and no. It was funny, you know, honestly, as we, as we move into football. Sure. Um, Joe Montana, honestly, it was his name. <laughs> um, my, my dad was a big fan of Kenny Anderson, the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals in 81 Super Bowl. Right. Okay. And uh, I just dug the name Joe Montana. So I was like, all right. And my dad's like, I'll bet you a dollar on the game. And I was like, all right, cool. So I, I won my, my first bet ever and figured, hey, I, I would stick with this team. Uh, it's interesting that you, you bring this up because, I, you know, again, getting really spoiled in the 80s because I got lucky when <laughs> I won that bet and stuck with the 49ers. Um, football is tough because the, the, the game, I mean, you look at baseball, like granted, there are other positions, but everyone has to field, everyone has to hit, you know, except with the stupid DH. But right. essentially everyone has to field, everyone has to hit. You know, in basketball, everyone dribbles, everyone shoots, everyone, you know, there's, there's skill sets at least you can compare. Right, football. football. It's it's very different. Like to say, all right, who is the the best football player ever in your lifetime? Like who wowed you? Well, he, Ken, here's what I had to do when I broke that down. When I put best football player on paper, I had to break it down into four different categories because uh, Jerry Rice was the greatest receiver I've ever seen. Barry Sanders was the best rusher. Lawrence Taylor was the best defensive player. And then for quarterback, I've got six guys written down. So, you know, put me on the spot. I, I may say, look, I've got Brady, Manning, Montana, Elway, Marino, Favre. I don't think anyone would probably disagree with those six in our lifetime. But I, 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 I would. You would disagree. Who would you put? I, I don't take Favre in there. Name the six Favre. again. Uh, Brady, Manning, and I think Manning, if I really had to pick, would be my choice. Uh, Montana, Elway, Marino, Favre, maybe Drew Brees at this point uh, in place of Favre. But um, that was my six, and on the spot right now I'm going with uh, Peyton Manning. <sighs> See, my, my problem, honestly, with football right now is that the rule changes, and it's very difficult for me to put any quarterback in the category. I mean, if you look at football right now, if the rules were, if the rules were in place, yesteryear that are today, Lawrence Taylor wouldn't exist. Right. That Giants team in 86 doesn't win. That defense can't hit like that. The, the 85 Bears that was my, does not happen. Yeah, that's my best foot, single football team, and you're right. With the rule changes, uh, things have gotten very different on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, again, there, there's bias here, and it's funny because, I, I mean, Joe Montana, I, I don't think anyone's better, I think. And, and in all honesty, I would probably take Brady over Manning. Um, you know, Rice, it's funny because I was looking at athleticism, and it's difficult. I looked at Rice and Sanders, and I looked a lot. And, you know, it's a difficult debate because Rice was so good, but Sanders was so good with nothing. There was nothing on that team. And that guy, he would run, you know, 100 yards back and forth to gain 15, but he would somehow gain 15. So, you know, 
it's tough. Like you know, again, football is so specialized. LT, yeah, best defense the player. It's probably not debatable. And back for a short period of time, Marshall Falk was an absolute stud. Yeah, for those uh, couple of years for those uh, Rams teams. So I mean, there's you know a lot of stuff with with sports and, and a lot of teams. I will say this, and a guy that doesn't get mentioned a lot. I would probably say in my lifetime, and I'm curious your take on this, but the best athlete, so we're talking all sports, the best athlete, and it's, I, I, would, I would look at Bo Jackson. Wow. And, and, and it's interesting because I saw a great, a great documentary, 30 for 30 on ESPN, yep. and it was really interesting, and it was, this guy brought up a point, and I never thought of it like that before, but he said, you know, the guy... Never won a World Series. He never won a Super Bowl. He doesn't have that, or he wasn't in the playoffs where he had that big home run or, or that, that big run to win a, you know, a wild card game. And, and, you know, so he doesn't have those moments. So he is, as we're talking about stuff in our lifetime, he is purely about people who saw him. There's no stats right. out there that support Bo Jackson being an historical figure. But he laid the groundwork for a Michael Jordan years later as far as his media uh, accessibility and, and what he did with the Bo Nose right. campaign and Bo everything. Hey, but, I, I had a Bo Nose diddly poster on the wall, <laughs> and uh, I was a big fan. Didn't think of him, but a big Bo Jackson fan. I mean, things he did. I remember one time at Yankee Stadium where he, like, overthrew the catcher from, like, deep center field. And it was like, you know, even his mistakes were, were incredible. So... I'd probably have to go overall athlete. I'd probably go with, out of all these guys we've mentioned, I'd go with Bo Jackson. Ken, I, I think we've got to move on from sports. We have so many other areas. But we I'm do. Gonna, I'm going to throw a few things out at you before we go. See if you have any way to respond to these. Uh, best hockey player is Wayne Gretzky. I don't know that you can debate that. Best hockey dynasty in the Islanders in the early 80s. You know, it's hard to debate that. As a, a NASCAR watcher at this point, I think Dale Earnhardt was the best driver, but the best dynasty was uh, Jimmy Johnson in the past uh, seven, eight years or so. Getting into some other areas, uh, I've got two tennis players written down, Pete Sampras, Roger Federer. Either one of those you consider the best? It, it would be tough to argue. Again, you know, again, it's weird, like, you know, times have changed. and, and so, I mean, Pete Sampras, though, was something else, yeah. you know. I mean, very powerful player. You know, I go back, you know, it's tough errors-wise because training changed, rackets changed. I mean, Lendl was dominant for a real chunk of time. The 80s were, like, the best time to watch tennis, though. I mean, that was, like, the most fun time yeah, to watch tennis. A lot of fun guys out it, there. It'd be tough to, like, you take every tennis player in their prime uh, who could really take Sampras. Let me throw one more at you. Women's tennis, Serena Williams, Steffi Graf. Any thoughts? Again, like in their prime, it's gonna. Serena's just a. She's a freaking nature. I mean, yeah. she's just. She's so good. I agree, and she's not done. Uh, now, two more things before we move on, because I've listed the greatest moment and the greatest accomplishment, and it sounds to me like you may be considering that Pedro Martinez game as as both potentially. Although I think you have something else in mind, and uh, I'll just list mine because I was thinking about for the greatest moment, uh, Kirk Gibson's pinch hit. Uh, walk-off home run in the 88 World Series, which was a tremendous moment, but I went back to the U.S. hockey team winning in 1980. Uh, I don't think you can beat that one. And as the best accomplishment, um, Nolan Ryan's seven career no-hitters. Any thoughts? I mean, it's tough to debate the seven no-hitters. I mean, no one's ever going to beat that. Um, you know, as far as moments go, it's tough. You know, I mean, the hockey team is an incredible moment. Um 
you know, for me, I, I'll be honest with you, there have been two times in my life that I have shed a tear during a sporting event. That was when Ripken broke Garrett's record, mm-hmm. and it was Mike Piazza's home run, as, as we are on the eve of 9-11, uh, the first sporting event after uh, 9-11 in New York. Right. And, uh, you know, it just, and I, I don't think it's an exaggeration. I think it's the most important and possibly the greatest home run ever, ever hit. And it's one of those few, you know, and I agree with you, the 80s, uh, the eight, 1980 hockey team is one of those moments. It's one of those very rare moments that transcended sports. And, right. and, and I just, it was like, it was just all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, we, we might be able to get back to at least some sort of normalcy. And it just, that, that moment resonates with me uh, so vividly. And I remember watching it and just, it's, it's tough to, for me at least, it's tough to knock that moment off as far as greatest sports moment ever. You know, I didn't know what you were going to say. It's tough to knock that moment at all. We could debate and debate that, whether it's the best home run, best baseball moment, best overall moment, but there's no doubt that it was a tremendous and meaningful thing. Ken, where would you like to go? Television, movies, music, pick one. Let's go. You know what? I think we're going to go to the wonderful mind of Mike Ferrara and see where he wants to go. Where does Mike want to take us? We got him on the phone. Let's, Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hey, good, guys. How's it going? Doing all right. What do you got for us? We, we, we hit some sports. You can talk sports. Movies, TV, actors, actresses, best of your lifetime, give it to us. Okay, well, you know what? We'll go sports since we've been talking about sports all night. Um, the boxing guy was very good, very informative, very informative. Definitely liked everything that he had to say. Um, best boxer in my time would have to be Evander Holyfield. Um, all right. And, you know, Ho- no, go ahead, Mike, go ahead. Evander Holyfield for the simple fact that he beat Mike Tyson twice. I mean, yes, it was, you know, the stoppage with the ear, but that's the whole reason why Mike Tyson did it, because he was losing. Um, He beat George Foreman. He beat Larry Holmes, Riddick Bowe, Ray Mercer, Michael Moore. I mean, John Ruiz. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, he had a, you know, good, good, good record, good guy, great heart. Evander Holyfield had a great heart, and he was just um, he was just a good guy. I mean, did he fight dirty? Of course he did. You know, did he hold people? Of course he did. Did he have? But yes, he did. But the man fought wars, and so, just like so, Bobby, Mike has, a, you know, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So, no, you have a different take on boxing, and we appreciate that. You know, Holyfield versus Tyson versus Ali. You know, we've all had our, our differences of opinion. Can you take us somewhere else? Can you? Uh, and I'll leave it open to you. Movies, music, television. Take us to one of our big categories on this show. All right. Just about for a second, I wanted to stay back with the sports. I'm going to get out of boxing. Um, football. Jim Kelly was my favorite player. You know, um, one of the one oh, of the sir. greatest players. I have Buffalo Bills tattoo. I have his number. Um, in, in my lifetime, he's one of the one of my favorites um, in sports. So to put him up there as a as, as a quarterback. I would definitely back him up. At baseball, my Braves, um, Greg, Greg Maddox, uh, Tom Glavin, excellent Hall of Fame pitchers, Chipper Jones, excellent future Hall of Famer. Um, okay, now, some hold great... on, hold on. I'm down with Maddox, but we're talking about the best now. I'm down with Maddox, but is Chipper Jones the best baseball player you've ever seen? Yes. Wow, okay. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. 
Chipper Jones, I'll tell you one little thing about Chipper. Chipper Jones was at Chase Stadium, and I and I had my Braves hat on. And I walked up to him, and he said to me, I said to him, can I get your autograph? He goes, are you a diehard Braves fan? And I said, absolutely. I said, listen, I have to be diehard. I'm here with all these Net fans. And he looked at me, and he said, you got it. He goes, you got it. And he gave me an autograph. And from then on in, I was hooked. Um, All right, if you, if you time, say one more thing about Chipper versus the Mets, we're cutting you off. <laughs> sorry, yes, I forgot you're a big Mets fan there, Todd. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, that's all right. I'm not going to say anything else. Oh, the only thing I will say is he, he uh, what do you call it? He named his kid after Shay. <laughs> I know. So, I, you know, I, it's funny because you, you've written some stuff on our Facebook page, and you've been really good, and it's, yes, you know, you do, you do the movie thing often. Uh, what are you know? Give us your your best, or maybe maybe the best drama and comedy oh, of your I'll life you, my first, movies. Okay, you got it. Rocky, Rocky was one. Rocky was one of the best movies in my lifetime I've ever seen, um, just because of the storyline, and it gives you hope. I mean, you know how many people out there, um, you know, quote Rocky movies and and want to be like Rocky. So I would have to say Rocky. What am I favorite funny movies? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, we'll go take ahead. them both, and then we'll react. Take them both. What's your best okay. comedy? Okay. My best comedy would be The Odd Couple. Um, just those actors together, Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon. You, you know, you never, you, you never know. I mean, Arthur is a very close second, but but Arthur's very close second to me. But I gotta say, I gotta go. I gotta go with um, The Odd Couple. All right, I've got a different duo for my, my best comedy uh, in my lifetime, Trading Places. I, I kept coming you know, later in the later 80s and the 90s and more recent times, kept going back to Trading Places. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, you couldn't beat it. And to me, the best drama uh, I've seen in my life, uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Discounting what I'll get to later, which is the best movie because it's not definable. I'll say the Shawshank Redemption is the best straight-up drama. Ken, your take. How about you? I was going to say, how about you, Ken? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for throwing it to me. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. It's tough, man. And, and Mike, you, you named some really great movies. I mean, going classic, you know, and uh, with The Odd Couple. I mean, how do, how do you argue against Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau? Um Best movie, I mean, there's so many movies that, that you know, grab you and, and resonate with you, and, and I, I, it was really difficult as far as, like, you know, Saving Private Ryan came to mind as far as dramas, uh, Forrest Gump, uh, a few, uh, you know, Fisher King, we talked about Robin Williams recently, and that, you know, I think that's a very underrated, great movie. Um, you know, and it's funny, Todd, it might be where you're going later on, I just yeah. kept this as, as my drama, but it might, and I have to really start to think about it. But it might be uh, the greatest movie ever, as far as I'm concerned. But it's Schindler's List. Oh wow! Okay, um, not where I was going. Okay. Uh, Although I have Schindler's List listed as my greatest ever biopic. Okay. Uh, I just Schindler's List is one of those movies that uh, deeply affected me. It's one of the, there's been there's been very few movies, honestly, that I've cried in. This movie I didn't cry, but it was almost like so heartbreaking that it went beyond like like I was just so 
engrossed in it. Like I was unable to cry. It was just great performances, great direction. Uh, Spielberg's use of color in the movie uh, and absence of color throughout uh, was just absolutely phenomenal. And, and it's really, you know, as I went through movies and I thought about different movies, you know, I, I mean, there's so many and, and there's so many great movies, but it was really difficult for me to list anything over Schindler's List. This probably goes to my, uh, my tendency to think of too many movies and give them their own categories. <laughs> so I, I went with Schindler's List, best biopic. And by the way, I even broke that down into private parts as the best comedy biopic and walk the line as the best musical biopic. So, you know, cut me off. My God. Make me make That's me not choose. fair. That's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> Listen, how about Spielberg, best director? Both of you guys? Yeah, I, I would say Spielberg, best director. It's tough to argue against that, man. I mean, you, you can try, you know, but... Yeah. Clint, Clint Eastwood has been doing some great things lately, but, he, I mean, he's not, obviously, in, not in Spielberg F. Okay, I got some, I got some more. I got some, how about... How about we we'll go some mu- How about we we'll go some music? We'll do a little music. Um, my my music. It's funny. My my uh, for my all time my my all time favorite album. I mean, I'm sorry. My all time favorite song would be "Welcome to the Jungle," and my all time favorite album would be "Metallica: Master of Puppets." Because you know, it's amazing. Metallica- Three of our yeah. Facebook users mentioned Metallica. I was surprised about that. So was I. It's interesting because I think, you know, and, and it's, it, it's good that, you know, Welcome to the Jungle, great song, great album. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest Metallica fan, but it's interesting that I do feel like in our lifetime, we've witnessed the death of the album. Right. So it's interesting that, you know, for us, like, it's, it's weird, like someone who is like 20, now it might be very difficult for them to think of the best album right. of their lifetime. You know, we had like, you know, I loved, you know, their concept albums. You know, certain albums we looked at, there was, there was the order of the song was important. You know, you look back on albums like, like 10 by Pearl Jam, you know, it's great top to bottom. You sat there and listened to the whole album. I, I don't know if you get that anymore. Yeah, you know, Ken, I was just about to say, because we went not just the death of the album, but... The death of the concept album came first, and then, you know, we kind of lost all sense of, of any albums once we went digital. I don't think there's any debating Thriller was the best album uh, I've heard that was put out in my lifetime. Regardless of all of the great Billy Joel albums, he had a run that I think may have been unparalleled. Thriller was the best album, but I did list the best concept album, and you may be very proud of me when I say it's The Gold Experience by Prince. It's a great album. I mean, it's a great album. And it's funny, my, my favorite concept album is actually the Symbol album by, by Prince. Uh, if you listen to that album, when, when the, the album starts, his name is Prince. By the end of the album, his name is the Symbol. Now, whether, whether you, whatever you feel about him changing his name to an unpronounceable symbol, uh, but it, it is kind of almost like a rock opera if you listen to the album start to finish. I got to tell you, Mike, you know, you named a song. It'd be really difficult for me to name like my favorite song or the best song. You guys, wrecked, you guys made me wreck my brain this week thinking about this stuff. I was, <laughs> I was, that geared, was the point. I was, I was geared up, man. You know, you know, I gotta tell you, um, 
Ken, you know, you know, Ken and I, as, and, and Todd, you've been such a cool guy to me, and, and I just want to thank you for everything, man. You're a cool guy, and, and it's so cool to, to be on the radio talking about this stuff. My favorite concept album would have to be Moving Pictures, Brush. Oh, just, very good call. Rush, Rush did a lot of good uh, concept albums. That's a good one. And you know what my favorite greatest hits is? The Eagles, greatest hits. Greatest hits. All right, listen. We, we're getting a new category? That's great. <laughs> no, I'm saying that was, that was one in there. there was a, it was one for greatest hits. It said, it said greatest hits, it said in yep. there, so I put that in there. Oh, I'm, I'm, course, going Saturday, I'm going Saturday night to see the Eagles with my mom. Oh, excellent. I'm that's going cool. to see that's the history fun. because I love, I love the Eagles. That's awesome. Um, you know, Mike, you know, after the concert, definitely... Post on on the on our Facebook page like you got, if you got a oh, review. I'll post a set. I'll post give a, us something. I'll post a set. I'll post a set list up there for you. I'll 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 do it up nice. I'll put something some some stuff up there. Um, I always I I always love and you know what too. One of my favorite. You know we, we talk about everything. There's a new category. It's got to be a um, dead singer category. Whoever we've seen that was alive, obviously, but heaven and hell. Love Heaven and Hell, and I've seen Dio millions of times. Heaven and Hell, the best. The Black Sabbath is good, correct. But Heaven and Hell with Ronnie James Dio, I can close my eyes now. I can, I can hear him playing to me. It's it, it's an amazing. My yeah, favorite I still got TV. Michael Jackson. Yeah, well, Michael Jackson was excellent. Michael Jackson was a Michael. Ja- I I just learned something new about Michael Jackson today. I, actually, Michael Jackson did the Bartman song. Yeah. Um, he did Bartman. And and, uh, and by the way, I just want to let you know, I survived The Simpsons. Oh, what <laughs> a marathon. You did Bravo. the marathon. Good job. Good job. We had it on in the house all the time. And the kids loved it. They, they loved it. And, it. and it's so funny, you know, my nieces and nephews, we sat there and it's hard not to go, Symphony, or um, you know, or <laughs> who's that bootlegger? And then you go, why that's Mr. Burns, you know, why that's Mr. Burns, that's Homer Simpson. It's a, you know, like like it's just it's the funniest thing. But my favorite TV show of all time is All in the Family. Listen, I've got Carol O'Connor in my mix for greatest actor, and I actually put him second to James Gandolfini. Also in TV, I've got the theme song from from All in the Family in my mix. Maybe we'll talk about that coming up when we uh, we really get into television. But that was for me. Well, yeah, right. That was for me for my TV. Did I did I answer? Every, oh, did you want me to give you my video game? My favorite video game of all time was Double Dragon. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Mike, I like Double you know, Dragon and. Uh, and and I and if I have to pick a if I have to pick a console, it would have to be Nintendo because I spent my whole almost my whole life on Nintendo. <laughs> Good but stuff, I Mike. Think we've all have it. Yes, I sir. Thank you so much for for your continued support. Again, we're looking forward to give us a review of the concert on the Facebook and uh, you know next next month when we come on, we we want to hear a review of the concert. Who knows? Maybe. We'll talk best concert in a little bit, but may, maybe the Eagles will take over that spot for you. Thanks for giving us a call, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Always great to hear okay, from Mike. You, take care, bud. Okay, guys. Always great to hear from you. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Take it easy, Mike.
Hey, uh, Mike, he's, he's, like, he's an onion. He, there's so many layers to right. Mike where, like, I, I just – I did not remotely expect him to throw a rush out there. But the guy's got, like, tastes right. all over the place. I mean, interesting stuff that he, he threw out there. I got to ask you, though. Yes, sir. All right, best album in our lifetime, we're saying Thriller, and it's tough to argue with that. Right. Gun to your head, which is a better album, Bad or Thriller? You know, Thriller was groundbreaking. It was the best-selling. Bad really was a great album. I'm still going to go Thriller. I loved Bad, and it had more hits than any other album, and it was when we were in high school and we really could appreciate it. Still going Thriller. Okay. I, I... Honestly, I think top to bottom, I think Bad's a better album. And I know it's, it's you know, I mean, you're comparing, like, you know, do I want $100 million or $101 million? Right, you know? right, exactly. Um, but it's, I, I just thought top to bottom is a better album. But lots of good stuff from Mike. Uh, we hit a lot of stuff from music. I guess, why, why don't we, geez, we hit, we hit movies and stuff. Where, where would you like to go, Todd? Well, before we leave music, I've just got to respond to Mike. I know he's not here and he can't defend himself anymore, but that makes it easier for me. Greatest Hits album, Billy Joel. The uh, Greatest Hits 1 and 2, I don't think uh, the Eagles can top that. It's just, again, top to bottom, tremendous everything that you could want from an album. Uh, I wanted to hit that. I've got lots more to talk about in music, but we could pick that up another time. Do you have a greatest hits that you want to mention? I'd have to go with Billy Joel. I mean, it's difficult. Again, biased. uh, You know, there's certain. I I mean, you know, I'm a huge Prince fan, so Prince's greatest hits. But if if I'm being, if I'm being honest and and kind of trying to cut the bias, and that that greatest hits is just phenomenal. I mean, and I think that greatest hits, where most greatest hits albums, fans of the artist go and pick it up. Right. I think Billy Joel's greatest hits is one of those few greatest hits albums that dragged in a ton of new fans. Yeah, it's for everybody. It, it really is just one of those things where if you weren't a Billy Joel fan before, all those songs in one place, you're just like, wow. Like he's, wow, these are a lot of great songs. So I'd have to go with Billy Joel. Curious. Yes. Because you've been to a bunch, and the two of us, we both saw Michael Jackson, your best concert ever. You just answered my question. You just answered your question. It's not my question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That Michael Jackson concert on the Bad Tour was the best uh, live performance I've ever seen. Set the bar pretty goddamn high. Yeah. It's really difficult when I go to shows now. But I will say, honestly, the, the best show I probably went to, and I think it was a combination for me now as the artist and the venue, uh, was Prince at Roseland. Well, I saw Fish at the Clifford Ball which is a tremendous two-day festival in upstate New York. And if you want to include the venue, and of course being a double concert with like six, seven sets, that was an amazing experience too. I still won't put it ahead of Thriller, but uh, you know that's a close second considering the overall experience. That's tough to. That's tough to knock, Michael. It's just it's no, you tough can't. To, to, well, let's move back because we got we got about a half hour left. So I'll we, segue we, us. I'll segue us. My favorite, my favorite soundtrack and movie of all time, Pulp Fiction. That was the movie that I said was undefinable. It's comedy, drama, action, groundbreaking. Uh, you know, put a director on that, brought actors back into the scene, and just, you know, start to finish uh, my movie of all time. And not my favorite. What I consider the best movie of my lifetime. 
Yeah, it's, I, I still like. I, I'm always going to go back to Schindler's List, I, and I and I think I can argue Schindler's List being the best movie of all time. I just it it just blew me away. It really, and I there's very few movies that have have you know blown me away like that. As I speak of like things that really and it's funny things that kind of blow you out of the water, kind of, right. and and that that's kind of like you know when I when I were researching the show and I was researching the show. You know, things that really kind of blew me out of the water, at least when I thought about drama and when I thought about the best TV drama. And I got to say that, that moving closely, that we'll see how this season goes. But last night was the season premiere of Sons of Anarchy, the final season. That show is phenomenal. And I'm sorry for all of you that are listening. Sons of Anarchy is better than Breaking Bad. It's, you just, you're, you're missing the boat if you haven't caught Sons of Anarchy. It, it's moving into like that place for me that it might take over the top spot but favorite drama of all time that just blew me out of the water was Oz. Oz on HBO was just to me it it was Sopranos get so much credit it was not the show that really was groundbreaking it was Oz. Oz was the show that put it out there that what you can do on a week in and week, week out basis on a drama on cable TV uh, the sky's the limit. And, and to me, some of the shocking stuff you've seen on Oz, you would think that, like, after that, things would get more shocking. Ah, you know, Oz was like the benchmark. Like, they, the things they did on that show, um, the, the, the balls out writing, the fact that they utilized the idea of, hey, it's prison. People get arrested all the time. We can kill off main characters and, and knock the audience on their ass and we'll write a new character. And they kept writing good characters, replace the ones that were either released or killed. And it was just, it was, it just was a show that for that time period for me in my life and, and knowing what I'd known TV to be, it just absolutely blew me away. So best drama TV ever, I go with Oz. You know, the, the pick I've made meets a lot of the same criteria as yours. And still, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it because I know what's going to happen. It, as far as groundbreaking, game-changing, killing off characters, I think Lost was the best TV drama. But, but that's it. I'm not going to say anything else about it, and we're not going to talk about it. Best comedy. <laughs> yeah. I, oh God, yeah. I, I Friends. I'm gonna, no, we're moving on. Friends. <laughs> Best TV comedy, Friends. You're going Friends, really? I am. Seinfeld was up there for me, but Friends beats it out number one. I have Seinfeld. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I, I went back and forth with this. Um, it's tough to debate against Simpsons. And I love The Simpsons and what The Simpsons has done, and it's revolutionized TV, and it's been on forever. That might um, be part of its problem, though. But, but I... I you know, it, it's tough because I went through the, I went through like the Cosby Show. Uh, I did think about All in the Family. Yeah. Um, you know, Cosby. You know, there's not much better the first few years of Cosby. Um, I was a big uh, Family Ties fan uh, in the '80s, and I, I, I do believe that show never really got bad. They got out before they really quote unquote jumped the shark. Right. Happy Days. You know, a lot of great. Happy Mark, Days Mark, literally jumped the shark. It Kat. did. <laughs> Mork and Mindy. So that we we lived through a lot of great comedies. Um, I came right. I kept coming back to Cheers. I just wow. kept coming back to Cheers. And you know what's been great about Cheers? I loved it growing up, watching it. Thought it was a great show. Thought it was like you know before I even really knew what the, the, an ensemble cast was. It was yep. an ensemble cast. 
Um, the way they were able to maneuver losing cast members and still being funny and maintaining that ensemble and bringing new people in. And, and I've enjoyed it on a new level as I've gotten older because, you know, as much as I, I probably would have loved to when I was like in, you know, eighth grade and ninth grade and like I wasn't frequenting bars as much. But now... <laughs> what, you didn't have an ID? I didn't at that age. I, I had a really cool little peach fuzz mustache, which oh, could have it. gotten me booze. But so I've enjoyed it on a whole new level watching episodes now and, and having like, you know, a regular bar that I go to and I know the bartender. And there are people that I'm friends with that we all the Peppermill South right. in Congress, New York, that, you know, I'm, I'm friends with basically at the bar. Like, I've gone there, I've met them at the bar, we don't, we don't hang out elsewhere, we don't go out to dinner, we hang out at the Peppermill. And it, I just, I, I, I understand Cheers more, so i probably go back to that. Later years, I mean, I love The Office. Um, I've gotten away from comedies, you know, the big comedies. I was not a big fan of Everyone Loves Raymond, which is one of the, the big comedies over the, the last, you know, few years. I love Friends, and I put Friends up there, but the best, I'm going to go with Cheers. You know, I loved Raymond. Um, there's there's some others that I really loved, but they're not as constantly rewatchable. Friends, I've actually never hit a period where I said, "All right, I'm sick of it." But also, it may be that the great, way, another great ensemble. Yeah, it is absolutely, and it's the way Cheers resonates with you now. Friends resonated with me the time it was on. I mean, these these characters mirrored exactly where I was in my life through the entire run of the series. With those in mind, Ken, I've got, I've got a category for you. Best TV theme song. And I've limited my, my multiple choices to only songs with, uh, with lyrics, because otherwise you go in a completely other direction. But I've got a few of them up there. I've got Friends, Cheers, uh, you mentioned Happy Days. Also on my list, Welcome Back, Cotter, uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The Monkees, The Muppet Show, The Jeffersons, Greatest American Hero. Can you pick one, Ken? It's t- I mean, I'll give, I won't give it my best, but I'll, I'll probably, I'd have to really analyze it, but I will say that Friends might be the last great TV theme. I, I think the TV theme is essentially, as we talk about things that have died in our lifetime, right. uh, it seems like the great TV theme, the lyrical great TV theme has died. Um, I, 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 I keep, in my head, I keep going back to Cheers. I might, you know, all in the family's tough to, to yep. you know, compete against that. Um, biased wise, love the greatest American hero. I, I love the greatest American hero theme. You know, I had that in my head, and I realized it's probably a favorite, but not nearly the best as a song. And I ended up picking "Welcome Back, Cotter." Actually, uh, you know, just the way that it described the show, what it was musically, and of course, it was a hit, uh, just like a lot of these others. Um, but but that's where I, I landed was on Welcome Back, Cotter. It's a good thing. You know, it, it is a really good theme song because if you know nothing about Welcome Back, Cotter, you just have to watch the open. It's like, oh, that's what it's about. Okay, right. good. Right. You could have missed everything and just, oh, the theme song kind of gets you, <laughs> you in. But, yeah, I miss those days, though. I miss those days, you know. When I was a kid, I used to put my boom box next to the TV and I have a blank tape and I would record theme songs because they were like there were so many great ones growing up and and they just they don't exist anymore i kind of miss those theme songs yeah you've got some uh some you know well the world don't move oh, to man. the beat of just one drum might rap to you 
may not be right for some. You take the good, you take the bad. I mean, come on. There were so many great songs in the 80s. You know, so many. We're going to do one TV. show where we just sing them. Like we're going to do a whole like hour and a half long medley of great TV things. We, I, I, I oh, it's tough to come back. I'll probably go back to Cheers though. I, I just, I just love, love that that theme song and uh, instrumentals. I don't know. Like that would be a Hawaii Five O is a great song. instrumental. Um, you know, there's so many though. I mean, The Office is a really fun one. Uh, you mentioned The Simpsons as potentially the greatest comedy. I'm assuming that you're then putting The Simpsons as your favorite animated show, the best one in your life? Best one in my life, yeah, I'd have to. I mean, I'd have to give, you know, it's funny. I, I'd probably have to give it that. i got to give an honorable mention to Beavis and Butthead. Yep. Uh, only because, and again, I defy most people that are, are our age that grew up, and I'm not going to tell my age, but that have grown up in our period of time, that I would venture to say that I don't go more than a day or two in my lifetime, every day as a grown adult male, without making some sort of Beavis and Butthead reference. There is just always a moment where uh, <laughs> someone says, oh, wait, are you going to light the fire? Fire, 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 you know. Right. I'm, I'm questioning our relationship now, Ken. <laughs> you, you qu- Here's one that I know. Honestly, I quote Beavis and Butthead all the time, especially just the... Here's here's what I always put out there. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I say that all the time. But to me, the best animated show in my life is South Park. Um, not only is it hilarious, but the social commentary, the fact that it really has never lost it. Uh, I think that The Simpsons may have been on just a, you know a little too long. The early episodes are great. Uh, if, you said long. If, uh, yeah, long. Where are we going with this show? <laughs> We're getting punchy. <laughs> uh, if you tuned into that Simpsons marathon, you know, by day six or seven, you were not catching the same quality episodes, where South Park, I think, has kept up, you know, what it's always been. Other than not killing Kenny every episode, which got old after a while anyway, it's still a tremendous show. And by the way, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Well, when you talk about animation and you go, you know, one show that I definitely would give a mention to, and it's funny because, like, when you think animation, you think comedy. Um, but Batman the Animated Series uh, was just groundbreaking as far as its animation. It was dramatic. It was, you know, it wasn't, I, I mean, it was kid-friendly, but it was, it was edgy enough. And it was interesting because, for me, and, and, you know, talk a little bit about superheroes and superhero stuff, you know, um, Batman kind of came of age around a time that I was coming of age, which was really, you know, a, a nice little coincidence. Um, you know, I was a kid. I was a big Batman fan. I, I loved the old Adam West. Um, and then the, uh, the late 80s, early 90s came around, and, you know, Batman the Animated Series came out, and I was looking for something a little edgier, and that was edgier as much as now it doesn't look as dark. The Michael Keaton Batman was edgier, obviously, than Adam West. And over the course of time, you know, from like 86 to 93, 94, some great Batman comic books came out. Um, so as we, we look at like superheroes and animated stuff, uh, you know, the, the greatest uh, 
comic books of all time or, or superhero stuff. What do you got as far as superhero stuff? Listen, I'm not nearly as well-versed as you, and this is a category where I am clearly naming my favorite and not what, what is the best because I don't have the experience. I, I am a Superman guy. I love Superman. I know it's like the safe choice. It's the Yankees. You know, it's, uh, it's easy to love Superman, and I just caught on to him early. But my favorite comic book, knowing that I've read as far as actual, you know, adult comic books, I'm not talking about the Archie stuff. I've only read a handful, but you turned me on to one called Speeding Bullets, which was a tremendous a comic. comic. And it just imagined what if, uh, instead of with the Kents, Superman or, or Kal-El landed and was found by the Wayne family and then witnessed his parents being murdered in an alley and grew up with Batman's money and, and his, you know, savvy, but with Superman's powers. And uh, that, to me, is the, the best comic I've ever read. Uh, I can't put, you know, as much uh, into it as you can because you've read a lot more, Ken. I, I mean, those Elseworlds comics were great concepts. There's one called The Nail, um, which essentially is about uh, similarly, the, the Kents don't find uh, uh, Kal-El, um, but he's found... I don't want to give anything away, but he's found... Like, so Superman doesn't exist in the world. He does exist, but he's, he's hidden away because of who winds up finding him, and, and the, the world is a much different place uh, because... And so those, those comics are really cool. Um, I know uh, Mike actually posted on our Facebook that uh, his favorite comic uh, of all time was... Uh, Death in the Family, and that was the brutal murder of Robin um, by the Joker. And uh, that was great because they gave us an 800 number, and they said, call in if you want Robin to live or die. They gave wow. you, like, a cliffhanger, and more people wanted him dead. So, yeah, basically they beat him. They beat the hell out. Joker beat him with a crowbar and left him in a warehouse with explosives. And the, com- the one comic ended with the bomb going off, and it's like, did Robin get out in time, or was he stuck in the explosion? Call this number, and you had to vote. Um, but like I said before, there was a period of time for Batman where Dark Knight Returns, Killing Joke, Death in the Family, and Nightfall. Nightfall is where Bane uh, breaks Batman's back. back. Uh, that was from 86 to like 94. Nightfall started in 93. It ended in 94. So it, that was a great era. Uh, if you were a Batman fan, a great era for comics. And, and Mike leans toward Death in the Family as his favorite I gotta go with Killing Joke. Killing Joke to me is my all-time favorite, and it, it's a quick read. If you never read it, like definitely read it. But uh, I, I have to go with that. And I, you know, again, comic books. Uh, like you said, Superman. Death. The death of Superman was a crock. Um, it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, you know, highly touted, um, but it was a crock. And I'll say, you know, right now, uh, Death of Wolverine is out, and I'll give that a shot. Maybe that'll wind up being on a list. But for my money, um, Killing Joke would be the best comic of all time, which leads me to, you know, honestly, and this debate on, on movies, and we're going to kind of circumvent back a little bit to movies because I'm going to say right now that I think the best trilogy in my lifetime is, is The Dark Knight Batman, those three movies. And I say that by, we can get into this debate for a little bit, yeah. we're, we're running, we've got about ten minutes left, on the true trilogy. I do not consider Star Wars a trilogy anymore. Star Wars. Six movies. The original Star Wars is the best trilogy of all time. No. Six movies. And and I put in parentheses because I knew you were going to say that. I still think it's my number one. However, if you discount that saying it's six plus movies already, the Toy Story trilogy. 
I, I, I had that up there. I had that up there, too. And I, I love the Dark Knight trilogy as well. Um, I think that it is surpassed by Toy Story, each one of those movies, and uh, taken as a group, uh, tremendous, and outside of Star Wars, the best trilogy we've seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, you, you're putting it in second place. I just, I, I'm very strict with that. I'm very strict yeah. with my... And it's funny, because I, I put Schindler's List. If I had to, like, you know, it's very, again, it's, it's a tough movie to say, oh, this is better than Schindler's List. Um, you know, Empire Strikes Back is one of my all-time favorite movies, and it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, you know, I think Jedi is kind of a bit overrated. I, I, I think it kind of loses a little bit in Jedi. Well, let me throw um, a couple of things at you then, since you're, you're bringing those up. Best sci-fi movie, best action movie. Ooh. I, yeah, I can't. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go beyond Empire Strikes Back. That's, that's okay. the best sci-fi movie I, I've seen in, in my entire lifetime. I, uh, I, because of its part in the Star Wars trilogy, it's so hard for me to get past that in almost any of these categories. You, know, I, you can put Star Wars in a lot of these, uh, but to me, The Terminator... Outside of the Star Wars movies, The Terminator was the best science fiction movie uh, made in my lifetime. The first one? I loved the first Terminator. I know people are all about T2. Yeah. To me, the original Terminator was, uh, was better and was the best sci-fi movie. And an action, it's Die Hard, hands down. Yeah, I can't argue against that. I mean, Die Hard, Die, Die Hard another movie that redefined the action movie. I mean, right. you had a lot of... I mean, you had Die Hard, like Under Siege was a Die Hard sequel script that... They rejected, so like sure. we're still going to make it. So is Speed. Yeah, so you I mean, know, there were tons of those. It, it, it definitely redefined the action movie. I mean, there are a lot of action. I mean, Stallone's one of those guys that I'll see him in anything. You know, First Blood's a great movie, the first one, right. uh, before it, it gets ridiculous. And actually, the last one was a great movie, but yeah, Die Hard. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you go, how do you argue against Die Hard? I, I don't think you can. Now you know I love my comedy, so I kept taking every single category and going, all right, what about an action comedy and a sci-fi comedy? I don't know if you've considered that, but I'll, I'll throw mine out at you: action comedy, Midnight Run, sci-fi comedy, Back to the Future. Huh. Um, yeah, I didn't consider like, these subcategories. No. I put um, I put comedy as a subcategory for every one of these because I, I appreciate you know comedy on TV and movies just so much. Yeah, I, I didn't have I'd have to really that that'd be something like maybe I have to come up on an, another show. But I, I get back to the future. Yeah, I mean especially the first one. Yeah, uh, classic movie. Uh, if you're gonna go sci-fi comedy, then uh, yeah. Although like you know depending on how you want to look at sci-fi. I would probably my all-time favorite comedy. I'm probably going to go with Young Frankenstein with a with Blazing Saddles being a close second. Okay. I mean, if you want to consider, it's a kind of a monster movie, but do you consider monster movie sci-fi-ish? I don't know if I'd really consider it. Now, Spaceballs is certainly a Spaceball, sci-fi yeah. comedy, that uh, without a doubt. But if we're categorizing, I mean, I, it's funny. If we're going to put Back to the Future in that sci-fi comedy category, um yeah, I'd have to go with that that first one. Although I love Spaceballs. Yeah, terrific, terrific movie. I'm curious. Like, I'm, I want to ask you something because we're talking about stuff that came out as we were kids, and I think you know mine because we've known each other for a while. Sure. Do you have a movie that like you looked back on that was like your favorite? This is my favorite. I, I love this movie, and you watched it as an adult, and you're like, "Damn it, I never should have watched that again." I absolutely do, Ken. Modern Problems with Chevy Chase. <laughs> I love that. My sister and I would watch that over and over on cable, and oh my God, how hilarious hilarious the thing was, and everything he could do. 
Nell Carter and Chevy Chase and, and moving things around and glowing green stuff, and it was awesome. And then I watched it again probably about 10 years ago, and that was a mistake. And I regret it ever since. For the love of God, everyone out there, everyone out there who is a child of the 80s, if you haven't done it again, I'm, listen, listen to the words coming out of my voice. Do not, under any circumstances, ever watch The Outsiders again. I know, and I know people are listening, going, oh my God, that movie. It's not. It's not a good movie. Great act. They were all, like, it was like they were all learning how to act. Everyone in that movie went on to succeed. They sound like they, they came out of their first acting lesson in that movie. Let the memory live. Live, let it, like, resonate how it was when you were 9, 10, 11, coming of age. Let it sit like that. Let the memory live. Do not. Please, because I watched that movie again. I was shocked at how terrible it was. I was shocked. Ralph Macchio can't settle on an accent the entire movie. Um, the, the, the acting is just horrific across the board. Um, there, there's, you know, some nostalgic moments for you. Do it for Johnny. Do it for Johnny. Um, Oh God! It's just even the dialogue is bad. It's just bad. It really is a bad movie, and I, I had such an affection towards that movie um, as most of us probably did growing up in the eighties. Um, wow! It just uh, let let the memory sit with you. Let just live with the memory of, of of that movie. Don't don't ever watch it again. But you know, a lot of actors launched their careers coming out of that movie. And to be honest with you, none of them would make my as much as they've gotten better would not make my top actor of my lifetime list. And I went back and forth on this a lot. And, and it went from, I had to go, my favorite actor of my life would probably be Robin Williams. But I can't, I can't unsee Tom Hanks as, as the, the best actor of my lifetime. Denzel gets in there, you know, he gets a mention because he's one of those guys where like, you know, Hey, Denzel's reading the dictionary. Okay, let's go watch. That's Morgan Freeman to me, also. You know, yeah. Anything. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of guys though, and you're gonna kill me, Ken, because I, I wrote ten guys, ten actors down again. Go so, ahead. All right, listen. You tell me if any of these wouldn't make your list. Tom Hanks is my number one, but I, I could not stop thinking. Daniel Day Lewis, Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, Denzel Washington, Robert De Niro, Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman. Can you debate anybody on that top ten list? No, I love them all. In fact, you know, the only guy that might wind up being debatable only because of, like, his body of work, but I love him, is Kevin Spacey. I think he's great, and I don't know why he doesn't find more work. I, you know, even lately, uh, American Beauty has been on cable, and I've had to, you know, I sit and watch it, and it's just, he's great. He's just great. He's great in everything. He's great in Usual Suspects. just seems like he doesn't have the body of work that the, the other guys have you know right. and it's funny what you said about morgan freeman because recently there was a commercial for a dolphin tail two yep. and i'm sitting there like oh it's a dolphin tail two i didn't know there was a dolphin tail two one you're like oh wait morgan freeman yeah your ears should, perk should, up should i see it your morgan ears perk up. i just heard i just heard god oh no it's morgan <laughs> freeman. okay what about actresses for you that list had one person on it it's meryl streep i, I listed one and that was it and it's tough to argue i mean it's funny because Someone who has really grown on me over the past few years, and one of my favorite movies as a kid, and I saw it in the theater at five years old, 
uh, the, the original, I should say the original, the 1977 version of King Kong. Okay. Introdu- credit list and introducing Jessica Lange. And, and she's done some incredible work over the years. Um, and I always enjoy her. I've enjoyed everything she's done on American Horror Story. And I'm brain for She did an uh, HBO movie with Tom Wilkinson, who's another great actor, that she was just absolutely phenomenal in. Um, I love her. Uh, Jodie Foster, uh, great during our lifetime. Very good, yeah. um, uh, Susan Sarandon. I, I love Frances McDermott. You know, again, maybe not in the category of, of these others. Um, but again, in our lifetime, you know, Meryl Streep is definitely someone like, how do you argue against you know, what she's been able to do, right. uh, you know, over the course of her life. Um, you know, Kathy Bates, another one, uh, you know, has done a lot of great work. Um, but, yeah, I, I, number one, I'd have to look at Meryl Streep. Yeah, I don't think we can go anywhere else. Ken, I can't believe how late it's gotten. We've talked about so much, but there's so much left. I think we may have to do this again in a few months because uh, I've got, you know, another uh, fifty categories that I've thought about the best. We're going to have to have a few, like, you know, meetings and just – uh, you know, what subcategories right. you came up with. Little but there's, like, some, there's some big ones that we haven't hit, and I'm, we won't get to now, but, you know, things like, um, hey, a musical movie or a sports movie, um, your favorite character, your favorite band or singer. We haven't hit on these things, you know. Uh, we had stuff we thought we didn't even hit on favorite stand-up comic. I was just going to say that one. Hey, how about in our last minute, favorite stand-up comic? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'll say that. All right, Robin Williams, all time. Oh. Well, yeah, what am I saying? Right, right, right now, Louis C.K. I, yeah, I didn't realize who I was talking to for a second. <laughs> Louis C.K. right now, all time, might be Eddie Murphy. Really? Yeah, Eddie Murphy, you know, about outstanding specials he did, everything he did uh, in that early 80s period. So I had the two of them listed. I've got a ton of other stuff. I'm sure you do, too. Maybe we'll uh, converse and uh, come up with something else for next time. But it's been a lot of fun. And thanks to everyone who wrote on our Facebook pages, uh, gave us their best there. Please go to TKRS Presents Pop Life on Facebook and uh, check out all the other contributions we've gotten in these, uh, in these categories. Yeah, tremendous category. And you know what? If you've got ideas for new categories, by all means, post them up there on the Facebook. Big thanks to Tony Schultz for giving us some insight. And definitely got to get him back on. Remember, the official Fight Promoters Playbook. Be sure to go and check out that book. Lots of great insight. As far as promoting, uh, promoting boxing, wrestling, but also just promoting what, whatever you need to promote. So it's been great. We'll be back in a month, and we're going to come up with more subcategories down the road a piece for another best of. For Todd, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.